1: There. This is Betty Jo Tucker, thanking you for tuning in to Movie Addict Headquarters. You don't have to be a movie addict to visit here, of course, but if you are one, it's definitely the place for you, especially today, because noted critic and film historian, James Colt Harrison, steps into the spotlight for this special episode, and it's about time James has been one of the show's favorite guests from the very beginning. He calls himself the world's oldest living teenage movie fan, and he has contributed to some of our most popular shows, including tributes to such classics as The Shawshank Redemption, Gone with the Wind, and Singing in the Rain, as well as to uh, tributes to legendary movie stars like Tony Curtis, Mickey Rooney, and Debbie Reynolds. But this time... James will be sharing his reactions about current and upcoming attractions, and on the agenda for today's show are eight films, eight, count them, that I hope we can cover during our 45 minutes, and those movies are, Hello, My Name is Doris, Remember, Knight of Cups, Eye in the Sky, Allegiant, The Huntsman, Winter's War, Alice Through the Looking Glass, and trolls and maybe we can talk just a few minutes about Batman versus Superman. But before calling on James, here's a little background info on him. He's one of the founders of the San Diego Film Critics Society. He's served as the premier film critic for the La Jolla Village News and has written a history of Hollywood movie studios. He's also contributed reviews and commentary to a variety of outlets, including Classic Movie Guide, Review Express, Rage Monthly, No Cover Music Magazine, San Diego Metro Weekly, and Art and Fashion. And I'm trying to persuade him to um, come on over to Real Talk Movie Reviews and contribute some of his wonderful reviews to our site. You know, folks, one of the things that I enjoy most about James is that he always – Combines his humor and knowledge of cinema together in such an entertaining way, which is why he enlivens every discussion about movies. So I don't want to him wait a minute longer before bringing him on. James, welcome back to Movie Attic Headquarters. Well, hi there,
2: Betty Joe, with that that huge introduction you gave me. I'm sure to be a tremendous flop today.
0: Well,
1: if you plop like you do uh, (laughs) the other times before, then you'll be a big success, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Don't you remember? I mean, some of the best things that have happened on Movie Attic Headquarters, you've you've been involved in. You you remember that Debbie Reynolds invited herself to visit you in La Jolla (laughs) when we did our tribute to her? Yes, I do. (laughs) That was so... (laughs) That was so sweet. She never showed up, though, right?
2: No, she never showed up, but I I have met Debbie, so <laughs> it wasn't a loss.
1: But that was uh, that was such a great uh, moment here. And then, well, when uh, Tony Curtis gave you and I uh, two different names, <laughs> so, <laughs> Tony Curtis called you Jane. And he Jay, called me Jay, <laughs> called Betty Culpepper, which i i I can't <laughs> live down live down on that <laughs> well well anyway, and there's many and there's many many more, so it's always so much more fun when you're here with us and I'm so happy that you agreed to talk about the some of the current uh, reviews that you've been putting up on facebook i I really appreciate that and But I think our listeners would like to know when you first uh, became interested in in being a film critic. Oh, gosh. Well, that goes back a long way. Uh, A friend of mine owned
2: a small uh, local newspaper, and he didn't have any entertainment section in it. And so I proposed, well, let me be the editor. Of course, I had no experience. And I said, let me be the editor of the entertainment section, and we'll do movie reviews and interviews and everything. And he said, oh, that's a great idea. Of course it was a great idea because you didn't pay me anything. So I started out that way and started doing it uh, in that small newspaper and went from there.
1: And didn't you have, as one of your first uh, assignments, uh, going over to the Hotel Dell while they were Filming um, Some Like It Hot? Oh Well, that was many, many
2: years before I was in college at the time, and I was oh. working for the Pelican magazine at the uh, University of California in Berkeley. And so I had an assignment. So I went to the set of Some Like It Hot and first met Tony Curtis there and, of course, uh, Jack Lemmon and Marilyn
1: Monroe. Oh wow! <laughs> so, but you've always been—you've always been interested in, in movies. I'll bet.
2: Oh, ever since I was a little kid, yeah, I loved movies, loved movie stars, fell in love with all the beautiful uh, stars like Ava Gardner and Lana Turner. This is a long time ago. Now, did can you
1: remember the first movie that you you ever saw?
2: No, I can't remember the first movie I ever saw, but I do remember when I saw Frankenstein movies, I used to dive under the seat because they scared me
1: so much. And that's that's my story James. <laughs> oh, you
0: did that stole, too.
1: You stole my story. <laughs> yeah, that's my first movie memory. I think a lot oh my of us God.
0: I think a lot so, of us yeah. had
1: that. <laughs> That burned in that burned in our memory.
0: (laughs) Oh, I
2: never forgot that. It used to frighten me so much when I was a little kid.
1: (laughs) Well, um, did you now that you've become a film critic, an eminent film critic? I mean, you were even you and Diana, your colleague Diana Sanger, have been on panels at the uh, Robert Osborne uh, Film Festival, and um, you, you get called called upon a lot uh, and so you you really made a success out of being a film critic what do you enjoy the most about it? <laughs> the most? <laughs>
2: uh, well seeing all the movies ahead of time uh, that's kind of fun because my friends always ask me well what have you seen this week and what do you recommend and of course uh, I see so many movies
1: I usually can't tell them anything <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun i that's to me the most fun too is getting to see um, more movies than you would ordinarily see and um, most of the time you don't have to have to pay for it and then getting all the screeners at the end of the year sent to you uh, for consideration in in voting that's a a big plus and being able to uh, get credentials and uh which would enable you to interview some of the stars. I imagine you've you've interviewed a, a number of very famous stars. Uh any of them stand out to you? Uh stand out. well well,
2: nobody tops Marilyn Monroe, but that was oh, the my greatest gosh. greatest uh scoop I had, but um so it was downhill from there.
0: <laughs>
2: no, no, there there have been a lot of movie stars along the way who have been quite nice. and uh, I must say the, the nicest person I ever met in my entire life was Robert Wagner, the classic veteran star of 20th Century Fox. Oh, who, I... I... Who is a, he's a gem. He's a, so nice, so down-to-earth, and really a sweetheart. Everybody loves him in Hollywood anyway, so
0: that's... And I'm what not a good-looking... Anything.
1: And what a good-looking guy, and I remember him in that movie with uh, Susan Hayward. Uh where she played Jane Froman. I can't think of the I can't think of the title right now, oh, but he was, Oh, yes.
2: Yeah. I know. He that. was
1: very very good yes. in that.
0: Yes. Well, well, of course, you know, he um, he was
1: in movies since he was 17 years old. That's right. That's right. So yeah. he he's had a long career.
0: Well, long career. Is there, yeah.
1: Is there anything about being a film critic that uh, that you don't like or that you enjoy least? Uh, yes, it's the hours
2: that you have to put in. Uh, it takes a lot of time to do this kind of work because uh, you have to drive to the theater or the screen where the screening is. You have to sit there for two two and a half hours and drive home, and then uh, write about it. And I do research before I do uh, a review and look up and so forth, and uh, a movie review can take anywhere from two hours to eight hours to write, plus the yes. travel time and everything. It's it, you have to do a lot of a lot of work, and, a, and it takes a lot of time out of your private life.
1: Yes, uh, that's uh, that's true. I I know that uh, uh, since San Diego is so close to L.A., that there are a lot of things that you drive up to L.A. To, uh, to see in interviews and screenings and special events. So I know you do spend a lot of time on the road, so to speak. And I remember when we were doing um, the interview with Hugh O'Brien on Movie Addicts Headquarters. Uh, it was yes. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it was so interesting to, to hear how much time you spent with Hugh O'Brien, you and Diana Sanger. We did. You spent yeah. a whole well, day at his house, correct? We
2: did. We spent a whole day
1: at Hugh O'Brien's house,
2: and he was so nice. He was a very nice gentleman, and he was just about to turn 90 years old. It was hard to believe because he's in certainly good shape and quite lucid, and, you know, he's really a nice guy, and you think about all the movies and the TV shows and the westerns that he made, and he has a lot of history. So that was fun that day, but it it did take the entire day.
1: we we were there with his wife and it, it was just very pleasant and uh, we had fun with him on movie Addict's headquarters too he uh, it was a, it was hard to understand him some of the time, but the sto- it was worth the effort because he had so many great stories and uh, uh, listeners, if you haven't heard that interview, uh, go to the archives for uh, for our show about uh, Hugh O'Brien. Well, let's get to the current films that I'm so jealous. You've been seeing everything. I mean, no, I just no, love I don't going. <laughs> I love going over to Facebook and seeing these, you know, reviews that that you uh, are that you put up there. I thank you so much for doing that and because I as I mentioned before the show started I've been kind of houseba- housebound because of the darn weather with
0: <laughs> the snow yeah. and the
1: wind and the cold and I haven't seen any of these that I I had asked if you if you would uh, talk about and um the first two that I wanted to ask you about Um, The reason I wanted to start with them is because um, they're starring two of my favorite actors. The the first one is Hello, My Name is Doris with Sally Field, and then the second one is Remember starring um, Christopher Plummer, and uh, when I read your reviews, I thought, oh my gosh, I, I have to see these two movies, but they were so different, and what... Which of those movies would you recommend to our listeners, and why? Uh, well,
2: let's see. Uh, the, the Remember uh, piece was a preview, so I actually haven't seen the film. Yeah, it was a preview, so I wasn't. I mm-hmm. haven't actually seen the film yet. But I do have a little story about uh, uh, Martin Landau, who also stars in Remember with Christopher Plummer. And uh, one time, I had interviewed him. Uh, making another film with uh, Rita Marino. we went up to the studio to visit, and we interviewed uh, Martin Landau in the in his star trailer. Well, you you never know by looking at Martin Landau that he was a hysterically funny man. and He looked so no. down. Oh, really? He had us. We couldn't do the interview because he had us in stitches, and I was on the floor you know, crying and laughing. He's <laughs> so funny and sharp and I think he's about eighty seven years old and he's just as sharp as can be. Funny, funny, funny. He should be doing stand up comedy really. He missed his calling. <laughs> he missed but he's his darn calling. good in
1: movies. He's darn good but in he's, movies. he's
2: very good in movies and of course he has an Oscar to prove it, so <laughs> That's true. Uh, That's true. Yeah, three three nominations and an and an Oscar for Ed Wood from nineteen ninety four.
1: Oh, he, he played Bella R- Lugosi. Yes, he played Bela Lugosi. Perfect, he was, perfect he was, he was great. He was great. Well, what kind of a part does he play in Remember? Well, in Remember, he plays a wheelchair-bound uh, uh,
2: senior, and he's a friend of uh, Christopher Plummer's character. And uh, they went through World War II and were prisoners at Auschwitz, but they managed mm. to get out of it alive. But the uh, the uh, sadistic guard who was responsible for the death of both of their families, unfortunately, sad, very sad. Uh, Martin Landau's character makes a plot to get revenge on this guard, and he uses Christopher Plummer to carry it out. Mm. It's a very dramatic and gripping tale. And I can't wait to see it. I I've just gotten all the materials for the studio but um, I haven't seen the picture yet. So it sounds really good. Interesting. With a cast
1: like that too, uh, oh, who plays yeah. the who who plays the um uh, the villain? Uh, gosh, I knew you'd ask that and I don't have that I
2: don't have that name. No. Oh wait a minute. Yeah, I I think it's uh Either Dean Norris or Jurgen Prochnow, a German actor. Mm. Oh, there are yes. a lot of Pro-pro- German yeah. actors I think that, Yeah,
0: yeah and Bruno, I think that's probably Bruno Ganz
2: uh-huh. is also another German actor in the movie. So it's mm-hmm. one of those three. I'm, unfortunately, I can't tell you which
1: one. Well, uh, after all, you haven't seen the movie yet. You're just previewing it. And I do uh, appreciate the, the previews uh, very, very much because by reading your preview, That made me definitely want to see the movie. But you did see Hello, My Name is Doris with Sally Field. I did. I did. What was that all about? Doris. (laughs) I keep wanting to call it Hello, Dolly, My Name is
0: Doris.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, you can't go wrong with Sally Field. She is such a great actress, one of my favorites. She's got a few Oscars on her mantle. Yes. Deservedly so. Deservedly so, but in in this picture, she plays a uh, an office worker uh, who's a bit over the hill. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that, but she's about
1: sixty-five. <laughs> and oh, she's just a young whippersnapper, but okay, yes. <laughs> <just>, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: anyway, she works in
2: this office, and she she dresses like a cupie doll uh, in this. Funny, funny clothes uh, that are worth seeing just for the, the clothes themselves. But um, she has a youthful outlook, and and she she has this uh, fellow worker who is about twenty five or so. Ma- uh, his name is um, Max Greenfield, the actor. Max Greenfield. He's very good. He's from television. Very handsome young man. He's about 25, and Sally Hill's about 65. But she mistakes his friendship for romance. Oh, no. She gets gets herself into a little bit of trouble because she actually tries to put the make on this young guy, and he, of (laughs) course, is a little bit shocked because he's only offering her friendship and nothing else. (laughs) So
0: she runs the
2: gamut of emotion from... Sadness to hysteria to laughter to oh, she just goes every which way with her acting, and it's quite amazing to see her. I think she should be nominated come next year in the acting actress, best actress category. She's quite oh good. Oh my
0: gosh,
1: I think she that sounds like a, a role made for her. Because it she is. can do it so is. many so many emotions and in your review, I was uh, I liked the way you talked about how important the costume designer was for this movie. Yes. With all, the, all the various uh, outfits that Sally Field had. Let me see if I can find her
2: name. Um, costumes by Rebecca Gregg, G R E G G. Yeah. She's a genius because she captured the character perfectly. Because, uh, oh. you know, she's uh, flaky
1: and uh,
2: a bit dizzy and lost.
1: <laughs> All and I've heard. <laughs> so, now, who is the the young fellow from TV? I think you know the new girl. You said is it? You said Greenfield. Is uh, it Mark or guy, Max? Yeah.
2: The guy's name is Max Greenfield.
1: Greenfield, yes. and he, um, like, he said when he was, uh, I was watching him being interviewed on one of the uh, night talk shows, I think it was Stephen Colbert, and he looks like he's really got a lot on the ball, and he talked about the character that he played It was kind of like a shiny new thing, a <laughs> shiny yes. new thing for, for <laughs> Sally Field. <laughs> oh, yes,
2: yes, of course, because he, he's just a kid, you know, so Compared
1: to her, and he
0: looks—he
1: looks like a uh, somebody to watch because he also tried to interview Stephen Colbert a little bit in the character uh, of John Travolta uh, playing uh, <laughs> the lawyer in in what was the O.J. Simpson. Oh, the O.J. Simpson show. Uh, yeah, that's on that's on TV, and he made himself now you now get a picture of max greenfield you know this young bright young thing and then he actually t- turned his face without using any makeup and his voice and he looked and and he had the inflection of john travolta i mean he just turned in a minute to <laughs> john travolta playing that lawyer <laughs> so i'm i'm a, a fan of his and i haven't even seen him in anything yet <laughs> so, <laughs> well, no he's quite good He's quite, so I'm looking forward, forward to that. Well, yeah. um, the, this you you really did like Sally Field in this, I can tell. And, oh, I uh,
0: did.
1: That's encouraging to me, and I I do uh, try to see every one of her movies. Uh, what are your favorite Sally Field performances? Do you have one that's, that that stand, stands out? Mm. Well, of course, the the usual
2: Norma Rae and. Uh, the other picture she won an Oscar for, or just Escape. places in the, in the heart. Yeah, places in the heart. Yeah. yeah. Those are two. And I, uh, I enjoyed her also in the small part she played in uh, Lincoln uh, in 2012, for which she was nominated for a Best Supporting Actress.
1: That's uh, right. Oscar. That's her third Oscar nomination. Yeah. And yeah. Um, the, she has a pretty good record there. Two out of three wins out of three. Three nominations. And, yes. Uh, but is. I don't know whether you've seen... Um, I like her best in comedy. I know she can do drama, and she's won her Oscars for drama. But I loved... My favorite Sally Field performance was in a movie called Soap Dish.
0: Oh, yes, yes. It was yes, a yes,
1: comedy yes. with with Kevin Kline, and she played this soap opera diva, and her friend was played by... Uh, or. Colleague, uh, somebody that was helping her, you know, on the on the set. She was this soap opera diva who just got into this fame uh, you know, obsession with fame, and uh, every once in a while she would have to go to the mall, and her friend would take her there to the mall because her fans would would rush up to her and ask <laughs> for autographs and everything, and she was so great in that, and so was uh, Kevin Kline they were uh i guess formerly married you know and then and then they hadn't met each other they hadn't had anything to do with each other and, uh, for many many years and then he came back i think he was going to have a role on the on her soap opera and so she was upset about that so so that's a, a favorite of mine and i hope listeners who haven't seen it will will look for it on uh, it's out on DVD you can probably get it at, at netflix well Moving along, my goodness, the time is going by, and and we promised some of these other films. Allegiant, you've seen, and Eye in the Sky. So, those have uh, the cast in those two movies sound great. With Allegiant, you've got the lovely, uh, talented uh, Shailene Woodley. Eye in the Sky, we have Helen Mirren and uh, Alan Rickman. And um, tell us a little bit about those two uh, movies, whether or not they're worth seeing. Oh, I think Yes, I think Eye in the Sky is, is a, one of those
2: tense movies that keeps you on the edge of your seat from the very first scene right to the end. And, and it's a story about the use of drones in the military and trying to take out some ISIS-type people who are up to no good. And uh, Helen Mirren plays a colonel, I believe, in the British Army. She's located in London. The American pilot who uh, runs the uh, drones is located in the United States. Alan Rickman is uh, also in London. And the uh, the parties that they're trying to uh, take out are in a Middle Eastern country. Uh, so it's tense because the the house they're trying to bomb has the, the no-good people in it. And just outside the house, a little girl sets up a little stand to sell her loaves of bread. Oh. Well, they're in, a, they're in a dilemma because they don't know whether uh, it's worth it to have what they call uh, collateral damage. Because if they blow up the house, they're going to blow up this little girl, too. And so uh, they're, they're running back and forth, trying to find out from the prime minister who, what they should do. And it's it's quite tense. Helen Mirren, of course, is wonderful. She you think she's a colonel? She, she takes charge. Uh, so you you never know whether they're going to push the button, blow up the house, and little girl, or whether they're going to wait for a better time to do it, or miss the opportunity. It's very, very tense. And it's, it's one of the last performances by Alan Rickman. And, of course, he's wonderful. He has that wonderful British speaking voice that's so great. So he's good at it. And Aaron Paul plays the American pilot who has doubts about whether he should do this or whether he's doing the right thing. And he knows he has to follow orders, and he's quite distraught. The, the film is really wonderful, so you just are a wreck by the time you finish the end. But it's worth seeing,
1: definitely. Wonderful. Well, I think it's going to open up. I know um, it's been playing earlier throughout, uh, you know, in the big cities. But I think it's going to be opening up uh, Friday, uh, April 1st. And um, I hope it will be here in Pueblo. And maybe the weather will clear up and I'll, we'll get to see it. Because we do really um, try to catch all of Alan Rickman's work, and Helen uh, Mirren. In fact, I think I told you this before, James, but um, here, this is the best compliment that a, a movie star has ever been given, and it was by my husband, who said that <laughs> Helen, when after he saw her in the, um, the TV versions of Elizabeth, he said that uh, Elizabeth I was born... Just so uh, Helen Mirren could play her <laughs> on TV, <laughs> <laughs> so we never miss <laughs> we never miss a, a Helen Helen uh, Mirren you know, know. performance. Well, what about Allegiant? Is this I I've seen the first two versions of the insurgent uh, trilogy, and um, I I liked them. Um, they weren't my—it's uh, not my favorite trilogy, but I think Shailene Woodley is just such a marvelous young actress. I thought she should have been nominated, won an Oscar for uh, *The Fault in Our Stars*. Uh, she she can just get get to your heart right away. And um, and uh, how was she in *Allegiant*? Well, she's quite good.
2: She takes. Command, You know, she's the star, and you know she is. And uh, But, of course, she's playing a leader type in the movie, so she's quite good at that. And she's a marvelous little actress, and uh, I think she's going to be uh, having a long-term career. She's she's very good. I had the great opportunity of interviewing two of the younger kids in the movie. Oh, uh, good. Bill Skarsgård, whose father is the famous Kellen Skarsgård of... Uh, hmm Denmark and uh, uh, Nadia Hilker who is a is a actually a German actress a young actress she's in her early 20s and I interviewed them uh, recently and they were both charming as could be down to earth not you know high high hor- not on their high horse or anything but uh, just as charming as can be and they're they're in the film and they have smaller parts in the film but it's a good start for them because the movie is one of those big blockbusters, and it's going to make zillions of dollars.
0: So, so it'll That's help right.
2: their career. Yeah, it'll help help them out a lot. So it's nice to see some of the younger kids in the films, uh, who you know who are trying to make their way and they're sort of wet behind the ears. But
1: uh, it's uh, fun to talk to them. Well, did did you think that it um, that it was a uh, appropriate the uh, third <laughs> the ending of that um, trilogy
2: well to be perfectly honest i did not see the first two movies so this was oh, okay. like a whole new movie to me so i okay. i didn't really i the background was explained to me so i knew kind of what was going on but uh no i think the movie stands alone and uh it's quite marvelous and uh, co james uh, plays the leading man and he's the handsome guy who was on Downton Abbey who played the Turkish ambassador who was found dead in, I think, Mary's bed. At oh, the
1: time. yes. You remember yes. him? I, yeah, <laughs> I just saw him in um, a movie with, with Richard Gere called uh, The uh, Benefactor and uh, theo james was uh, he just was a standout in that movie he he absolutely uh, almost stole the the show and yes, he um, I had wondered if he was if if we were gonna see him in other things because he oh, yeah. he certainly is a good actor and very very easy on the on the eye <laughs> so actually yeah so actually you do recommend uh, Allegiant and Eye in the sky. And uh, I know that you uh, that you like most movies that you see. You're kind of like I I am. Uh, very very seldom uh, negative reviews. However, this next <laughs> this next movie that I'm going to ask you to uh, uh, talk about is called Night of Cups, and uh, I was very intrigued by that review. It's uh, in a class by itself, but definitely not. Positive, but I think our listeners deserve to get a flavor of what happens uh, when you actually pan a movie. So, would you do the honors of reading your review of Night of Cups
0: <laughs> to <laughs> us?
1: And, um, yes, and then we'll know we'll know why when when James Cold Harrison pans a movie, it stays panned. <laughs> it stays panned. <laughs>
0: So, well, I like to have a little
2: fun. Yeah, I like yeah. to have a little fun, too. But All right, well, here, here we go. Holy cow. This movie is a challenge. If you're not already a Terrence Malick fan, you may very well be confused as to what in the world is going on in this movie. Guidebooks should be handed out at the box office. A lobotomy before viewing might help. <laughs> in what seems to be... In what seems to be a stream-of-consciousness structure to the film, Malick seemingly has no use for dialogue and uses occasional connecting words from scene to scene, and you fill in the blanks. Thus, you can make your own movie and never mind what's on the screen. A wasted Christian Bale allegedly plays either a successful Hollywood screenwriter or a failed one. There's no way of telling, as he is usually depressed and sleeping with a variety of bimbos, some of mm-hmm. whom are famous names. Natalie Portman plays a married woman who has an affair with Bale's character Rick. She feels guilty. Kate Blanchett plays Nancy, another notch on his gun. She doesn't feel guilty. <laughs> and Teresa Palmer rumples some sheets. And Indian beauty Frida Pinto makes some great eye candy. We gave up searching for a plot, but it must be disguised in there between scenes. Rick has a less successful brother, Barry, played by the handsome and capable Wes Bentley. Both of them apparently have a contentious relationship with their father, Joseph, the crusty veteran Brian Dennehy. Mr. Dennehy has always been one of the great character actors. He's also known for his enormously wide shoulders. His suits always look as though he forgot to remove the giant mahogany hangers before putting on the coat. <laughs> as, as a side note, Malick and his stupendously talented cinematographer, Oscar winner Emmanuel Lubezki, pay tribute to some of Los Angeles' greatest modern architecture and architects. With stops in Malibu and the desert areas of California, the two men must have gotten sidetracked while they were trying to find a reason for this film. It all becomes a documentary on architecture within a movie trying to find itself. However, it is a welcome digression as both the architecture and the cinematography are unbelievably gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Another Oscar for Lubinsky. Bale's Rick is depressed throughout the movie. He was probably wondering why he signed up for this confused mess. <laughs> he wanders around stupefied through wild Hollywood parties and runs across Ryan O'Neal and Ota- Antonio Banderas. Oh, they, my are gosh. On the <laughs> they are on the screen for about two minutes, but that is a blessing because it won't ruin their careers. Unfortunately, Bale isn't given enough material to develop a character. We don't know him other than that he is either depressed over his career, the loss of a younger brother, or the loveless relationship with his mean old grouchy father. Broadway great Cherry Jones is given short shrift as Rick and Barry's mother Ruth. She is totally wasted and is barely given screen time at all. In fact, you might miss her if you blink. This film is more of a vanity project for Malik than anything substantial in the writing annual from Hollywood. He gets the blame for writing and directing. This film will only appear to escapees from a lunatic asylum.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, no, that's. What a what an entertaining review, James. I, I wonder what you really <laughs> think about <and> I, Yeah, <laughs> what do I really oh, think? Yeah, what do you really think? And what a treat to have you read it for us. But let's take <laughs> a short break now for a couple of brief mes- messages from two loyal listeners, and then we'll come back and ask James to preview three upcoming movie, movies for us, The Huntsman and Alice Through the Looking Glass and Trolls.
0: Comedian Nancy Lombardo here, host of Comedy Concepts, Blog Talk Radio. And when I need my movie fix, you'll know where I'll be found. That's right, every Tuesday at 4 p.m., listening to Betty Joe Tucker on Movie Attic Headquarters, Blog Talk Radio. Show me the funny, Betty. Show me the funny. You're listening to. Movie Attic Headquarters, with your host, Betty Jo Tucker. She's the real deal in what's happening on film. And if you're not real careful, you might hear the confessions of a movie addict. So get your popcorn and stay right there in your seat for Movie Attic Headquarters. And now, back to our feature.
1: (laughs) Thanks to Steve and Nancy for those fun promos. As most of you know, Nancy, who's in the chat room right now, is the hilarious host of comedy concepts, which airs on Monday and Friday mornings at 10.30 Eastern Time on Blog Talk Radio. It's always such a fun show, and I'm absolutely hooked on it. Also, don't forget to check out the Mom and Pop Shop show on Dreamstream Radio each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. It's very entertaining, of course, because the host is, is none other than Mr. Showbiz himself, George Bettinger. And let's not forget all the diverse shows on the Wacko Network on Mixler. That's M I X L R. There's something for Everyone in the Wacko Wheelhouse. We're back live now with James Colt Harrison who has been sharing his opinions about various current films. But I've also enjoyed reading his previews of coming attractions. So James, uh the time is going by rapidly but can you say, um, uh, give us just a little bit of information uh, about what to expect from the Huntsman and Alice, Alice Through the Looking Glass and Trolls, or if you want to just uh, stay with one of them, that's fine, too. Well, uh,
2: I, I'm very interested in Alice Through the Looking Glass, which is, of course, the tale of uh, Alice in Wonderland done in a new way by Disney, of course, it's... Uh... Got a terrific cast. Uh, your boyfriend, for one, Johnny Depp. Oh, he's still it. my heart. Okay.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen is in it. The lovely Anne Hathaway. Helena Bonham Carter. Alan Rickman, uh, his voice is used in this one. Oh. Liam Wasikowska. Michael Sheen. Reese Efens from England. And Stephen Fry from England.
1: Timothy oh, Spall, and uh, it's a wonderful cast. Uh, I uh, want to see that very, very much because I liked the the first one, and uh, where uh, Johnny Depp was the Mad Hatter, and I. Un- and I understand that the the Huntsman: Winter's War is a, a sequel to uh, Snow White and the Huntsman, which I thought was very good. Oh and right, the Trolls yeah. is a con- is a an animated movie that has um, a lot of music in it. So I'm looking forward to all three of those. Uh, Uh, But James, we're almost out of time. So I want to thank you for being such a terrific guest again today. We didn't even get a chance to talk about Batman and Superman. Maybe you can come back next Tuesday and we can talk about that. So (laughs) give that some thought. It was such fun talking with you and as always and thanks to the folks at blog talk radio for their support as well as to our chatters and other listeners for tuning in i hope everyone will come back next time for another spirited discussion about movies and in the meantime don't you forget to check out our film reviews at realtalkreviews.com that's r-e-e-l realtalkreviews.com and go over to facebook to James Colt Harrison's page and and read more about uh, more of his wonderful reviews. And if you haven't already purchased a copy of my new book, cinema stanzas rhyming about movies please go to the kindle store on amazon.com and buy the ebook for only three dollars and ninety nine cents i'm so happy that it's getting rave reviews and that many of you have already ordered and read it thanks so much that's all for now folks let's close the show with a special number dedicated to james colt harrison and to all you movie fans out there get ready everyone everybody Here comes Hooray for Hollywood!